Company Watch Financial Analytics. Hello and welcome to the Company Watch podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch. I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning, Joe. So we are recording today's episode in the morning of Friday, the 1st of October. And it's a pretty significant date today, isn't it, Nick? I mean, we've had yep. so lots of those um, temporary measures to help companies weather the COVID storm have finally come to the end. And we've been we've had various dates, haven't we, over the last 18 months where we've thought mm. this would happen. And each time those have been pushed. But finally, the 30th of September was the end of, of all those um, protections, really. The only, the only one we've got left is the landlord enforcement um, of leases, which runs until March. But really, that, that, that now is, is a new back to normal. Yes, it is. I mean, just to run through them um, in a tiny bit of detail, um, the, the big one, I suppose, in terms of, of, of human interest is that the furlough scheme ended. Yeah. yesterday um as always with with the public information on this scheme we're we're behind the curve but it seems clear that there were still upwards of a million 1.1 million people on that um uh on that scheme when it when it ended yes yesterday and uh you'll remember that uh, was it, i don't know if it was last time or the time before i had some predictions um, of what might happen suggesting that only 20% of them will go back to their original jobs on the original terms and that the vast majority of um, those people will either go back to their their, um, work part-time or on some sort of different um, arrangement or find another job elsewhere again but not on the same terms Mm. and that about a fifth will end up on the um, unemployment Mm Figure. So and this is a really added. significant piece of information in terms of the Bank of England and what they're proposing to do. And yet mm. they don't think that they will have sufficient information on this even by till the time February. of their, their November report. So, so we... they won't look at it till, till February. Yeah. So we'll 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 see. Obviously, we'll be watching the um, unemployment uh, figures next time around extremely uh, closely. closely. Um, we. Um, lost the protection of um, struggling companies from winding up petitions uh, yesterday uh, for debts of more than 10k except as we say for the poor landlords landlords who still can't enforce and in one particular sector you know one of the most striking um, uh, ending of of a scheme is the temporary reduction uh, in VAT in hospitality, so as and that goes morning, from where five percent to five percent to twelve and a half percent today, and then in April it goes back up to the full twenty percent. And uh, as you would expect, because hospitality is never short of people willing to put their head above the parapet and talk about it. Everything, everybody from uh, you know the redoubtable Kate Nichols who runs. Uh, UK hospitality, everybody's saying of all the blooming stupid times mm. to do this, this is not it. Um, although I had to smile at the, um, the the rather vivid complaints of a restaurant owner um, in Birmingham who runs a Hawaiian restaurant um, who was complaining bitterly that the um, price of mangoes had gone up by 20%. But I mean, it's that, clearly I mean, it covers not... a wider point, doesn't it? That's a, that's a kind of uh, a, a light-hearted take on a very serious issue and that we you know again I guess we will start seeing this in insolvency um you know you looked at some sector analysis didn't you last time but that that again will be something very much to keep an eye on over the coming 
um, over the coming months as we, yes, as we see mean, how that impact is starting to trickle through. Yeah, and, and, and yet again, of course, the, all the comments are liberally sprinkled with, the, uh, with this, this now seriously overused term, perfect storm. You know, everything from, and, and of course, it, you know, it's worth remembering that for hospitality, um, the energy crisis is a really, really big problem because, there's, because the energy price cap does not apply to commercial accounts. So they're so, really exposed to, the, to the, that, that huge change in, yes. in energy prices just at the point when energy use will be higher. You know, yes, and, 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 restaurant. And, and of course, restaurants do use one heck of a lot of mm. energy. You know, that's sort of inherent in the, in, in the, whole, in the whole process. So I think it's, um, I, I think we have to look at that sector as, I imagine we have done all the way through this, this uh, whole crisis. And just say if you have risk in that sector, for goodness sake, be careful. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I think you, uh, you know, you. It, it would be unrealistic to suggest that um, there's going to be anything except um, some serious impacts there. Whether whether they be, uh, you know, um, restaurant restaurants saying, "Look, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. I've, I've had enough," or um, them actually going to the wall, costing mm-hmm. creditors money. So um, that is. Um, Definitely something to, to watch. Now, the, 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 the other topic that caught my eye was, well, it's sort of difficult to avoid it, it's not really catching your eye, it's a matter, of, a matter of how on earth do you not talk about it, is supply chain chaos. Mm. Um, and, I'm, you know, let's park the... Excuse the pun. Excuse the pun, Nick. Let's <laughs> That's park, very good for Friday morning. Park the idiocy of an entirely self-fulfilling, predictable um, uh, petrol and diesel crisis where I suspect that the the petrol company that put out the warning that kicked all this off that they were going to close 25 forecourts was probably attempting to bounce the government into, do, into doing something about visas well it got its way but it completely destabilized the entire um, uh, infrastructure of infrastructure of, of transport, transport and, and communications in the process but mm. putting that to one side um, I picked up an, a truly extraordinary article about what's going on in China. Yeah, and this is this we will we will share the link because it is very. I've read it and I need to go and read it again. There's so oh, much. There's so much it, in there to. It, it is to think absolutely about. breathtaking, and the implications for supply chains here and elsewhere in Europe, in particular, never mind America, are extraordinary um you know the, the old joke about you know if, the, if if america um sneezed the world caught a cough well heaven help us um china yeah. has an energy crisis like you've never seen before i mean they are heavily heavily dependent on coal they are they consume over half the world's coal production mm but don't uh, mine it um, themselves. They're the biggest yeah. importer of coal. And who's the biggest exporter to them? It's the, the Americans. Mm-hmm. And so the genesis of this problem in China was the Communist Party planners working out that there was a risk that the US would weaponize the supply of, of fuel imports, a bit like um, our friend Putin has weaponized the gas, in, the gas in coming into, mm-hmm. into, into Europe. And China, what this article um, uh, headlined was that Chinese coal stocks are down to 18 days. 
You know, this is the world's is biggest industrial mm. producer, and they're down to 18 days at the um, at the at their power plants. And so, what is now happening is regions accounting for 70 percent of Chinese GDP are rationing power to industrial users. Mm. And in some cases, they've just closed down plants altogether. And the thing, the, the, the particular little snippet in here that caught my eye because it really affects this, this is supply chain disruption, red in tooth and claw, is that amongst other things, you know, um, air conditioners can't now be set to lower than 20, 26 degrees. 26 degrees right. in businesses and households, mm. but underneath it said that electricity is being rationed for the cranes at the port of Tianjin, which is one of the biggest ports. Um, um, uh, portals, mm. ports and portals for the flow of international That's trade. Good. You know, absolutely. And it's interesting, when I mean, we were talking about this before we recorded, and it, I thought there's, there's a really kind of strong read across, isn't there, to what happens in um, in the, the UK with the, the petrol supply. So what, what started off and what we saw over the pandemic as a kind of distribution problem, you know, this, yeah. the ships, containers being all in the wrong places, and, you know, then obviously sewers, the blockage in sewers didn't really help matters. But that was a distribution crisis. Yes. There's a danger of this becoming an actual supply crisis you know if, if yes. factories cannot operate and make machines and, and it's similarly in the uk there is plenty of of, of petrol the refineries but as that as that gets distributed out and is stored in in people's tanks mm. rather than you know in the refineries then you do start having a, a kind of supply yes, issue um and that then becomes a really <laughs> that's a really difficult thing to um <laughs> to yes, unwind isn't it Yes, yes, it is. And, and, and so I think, again, I, I know probably it's a bit of a mantra in, in these podcasts, but we really, really have to watch what's going on in, in China. Mm. And, and the, the impacts could be really serious, um, you know, as if there weren't enough other problems with, um, you know, with, with recovery from the pandemic. That has the ability to destabilise um, economies all over the world. All over the world. Mm. All over the world. The, the other topic that it's difficult to get away from is inflation. So many other pressures. Uh, we talked last time about stagflation, and I don't think that um, that potential problem has gone, has gone away. Now, it's interesting, a little throwaway remark in a speech by Andrew Bailey, which uh, it's, it's not particularly what he said, it's the fact that he said it. Mm. Um, on Monday, he made a speech somewhere I don't know if I know where, and he he said um, he warned that rate setters were ready to step in if inflation lurched out of control. Now, bear in mind, this is the institution that says there is no issue. No, there's no issue. Yeah, Move there is on, no issue. Please, mm. um, and and that everything is uh, temporary. I'm going to go away. And now he's saying. Well, now we're ready if it does get out of control. If put another way, in bank speak, that means we think it might. Yeah. If had yeah. it been made. And, and, and you, you picked up on it because I think earlier in the week, there was, you know, City was being, was pricing in two interest rate rises. Yep. And this, by now we're up to three interest rate rises. And this is next year, we're talking 2022. Yep. And the, the prediction is it goes up to, I think, 0.75, which yep. from 0.1 is, a, as you say, it's a huge, it's a heck of a huge increase. And that has direct impacts on government. Um, borrowing costs. Um, I think, we, am I right in, in saying you think that's about 25 billion that would add to? Yes, uh, yes. I mean, uh, uh, between now and 2025. Um, 
so it's a it's 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 a big chunk. And um, for the techies um, amongst us, the um, there's a sort of crossover um, rate. You know, the bank's saying spiking prices will be transitory, but there's a thing called the break-even rate um, on on uh, inflation and interest, and it's the difference in price demanded by investors to buy inflation-linked debt and conventional bonds, which is what the government funds its right. massive deficit on. And it's always taken as a gauge of future inflation expectations. And that is now closing in on 4%. Really? And that's a level that it hasn't been at since 2008. So, so that's kind of baking in. So that's our, yeah. our kind of temporary 4%. If that were transitory, you would expect that that, that kind of future bond um, rates exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And and the uh, David Page, who's the head of macroeconomic research at AXA, the big investment managers, uh, you know, was quoted as saying the price moves in, in the bond markets uh, reflected a market rewiring following Mr. Bailey's speech. Um, so, again, I don't know whether whether the Bank of England um, fully appreciated what they would do if they said a thing like that, you know, what the results would be, but it, um, uh, it, it certainly had a negative effect on the markets. And, and David Page went on to say, the theme is a continued expression of concern from the bank about supply pressures and the obvious risk that we are seeing a more persistent pressure on inflation. Mm. So... Um, I think, um, and, 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 and again, everywhere we turn, we're in, we're in sort of, I find uncertainty. And, and it's not helped because the ONS, in its infinite wisdom, has been playing with the, GP, with the historic GDP numbers this week. And for Q2 2021, mm-hmm. they've come up with a revision that says that well, I know we said it was 4.8% GDP growth in that quarter, but actually it's 5.5. Now, that ain't a little adjustment. Um, and they're saying that GDP is now thought to be 3.3% below pre-pandemic. But what they've also done is to say, we had a look at the uh, collapse in GDP last year, 2020, and we've decided that actually it isn't the biggest collapse in GDP um, since uh, in history. Um, it's actually uh, 1921 was worse. So you do wonder what the heck is. I mean, I'm afraid my my total cynicism about the about um, ONS numbers um, I think is pretty well known out there. Um, but even so, it sort of doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't help, and I think it does. It does start. You do start to wonder what's the point of these numbers. If they keep they changing, it's kind of movable yeah. feast um, the whole time. And and you know we we have that other issue of, of them being not really very comparable internationally, which mm. is um, which is obviously yeah. problematic. Um, and and I guess I mean that comes into I think that that's interesting. Then links to an IOD survey that was out this morning about business confidence because I guess once you once once those numbers, it feels like playing with numbers on you know what's mm. going out there in the big world. People start looking for other ways to anchor, you know, what's going on yeah. out there. And, and the idea have a business confidence um, index. I think they do monthly and that's fallen from plus 22 points. So the pretty kind of confident and buoyant to minus one point uncertainty in, you know, in what's, what's happening in September. That's a big, 
big old yeah. fall. I mean, I think in, in the in, in April last year they went down even further. But you know, we're sure. back to kind of February 2021 levels yes. of um, of uncertainty, and that you know that was in the middle of the the lockdown. Not really any certainty about how vaccines would be effective, and that that kind of worries me because you know, as we said time and again uncertainty leads to lack of investment typically and lack of investment will inevitably flow through into that kind of poorer growth rates which yeah. then kind of spirals and spirals um and you know it's not i think one of the things that they they pointed to in this survey was the worry about national insurance rates rise from april next year and then you know we haven't talked about this for a while but of course corporation tax increases from april 2023 um yes. and again you know if you're making investments now for a longer term and then you know potentially will be will be charged for for doing that um again it doesn't seem like an incentive to um mm. to invest i, I agree uh, and of course the other the other little thing that um has been going on in the background is of course sterling has collapsed uh it dropped um um we uh, 1.3% on da, 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 Tuesday. Um, to, this is linked to, to Bailey's comments again, do we think? It, um, possibly, but um, I, I think basically the, the suggestion was it was largely driven by the idiocy over fuel, um, you know, both energy prices but fuel shortages. Mm. Um, and um, so we're now at the lowest level since uh, January, and the peak, uh, we're at 135-ish, at the moment, as, as, I, as we speak, um, uh, the 2021 peak was 1.42 in in May. And again, that's quite a significant adjustment, mm. you know, for for people who are importing, exporting. Again, it's more uncertainty if they're not sure where where sterling is um, is going. So, and let's and know. forget all the the Brexit issues and HGV issues and <laughs> supply chain issues that importers and exporters yep. are dealing with. On, on top of that, well, Nick. Thank you very much. As always, I think we feel like we've done quite a, a kind of broad, broad sweep of what's going on um, in the world at the moment. And I, I think we, we were trying to really see positives from from this. But I think both of us have come to the conclusion that it feels like it's very, very uncertain um, yes. at the moment. And you know, as we always say, but I think you know there have been periods over the last eighteen months since we've been recording this where it's felt like there there could be some some kind of big turning points, and this definitely feels like we're back in that um, in that territory. And and seeing what happens over the course of the next month or so in terms of um, winding up petitions and how how things are going to start un- unraveling in that in that degree will, will be something we will be keeping a very close eye. Yeah, and and of course, what we're struggling with um, is you know my feeling about these situations is. Eventually, something something positive comes along and drags you out of the sort of slough of despond. Um, I'm really battling to find anything positive out there. But you know, these if these things were predictable, then uh, life would be easy. But they're not, and so we'll see. Well, Nick, I think as always, time <laughs> time is against us. Thank you so much for um, for your your thoughts and for guiding us through an interesting interesting week. Obviously, we'll have more content and um, and snippets to to bring you next week. Thanks to everybody for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.